All right. Romans chapter 8. Let's go ahead and break into this. Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. A couple of power-packed verses. Romans 8, 26 reads like this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our infirmities, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. We've already prayed, but let's pray again. Lord, thank you for your word. And um, tonight we just want to uh, ask you, Holy Spirit, you're the great teacher. You, the anointing lives on the inside of each believer. Lord, teach us tonight the glorious truths of your word. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm excited um, that you guys are here tonight. As I said a moment ago, we're going to be starting a series called Firestarters, looking at the book of Acts, what the disciples went through and walked through in early church planting and how the, the early deacons were established in the early church and their purpose. We're going to look through all of that over the next several months. I think it'll be a blessing for you. But tonight, I want to uh, finish up Capstone, this series tonight. What's up with that? We've been looking at passages of scriptures that are obscure. We've looked at women in ministry. We've looked at only God can judge me. Uh, we've looked at several ones. Well, tonight, I want to deal with this and this question. It's a question and a statement. It doesn't come directly from scripture, but I'm going to show you where I'm pulling this from tonight. I want to deal with this statement. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for for a reason. We're, we're going to talk about that. Can I tell you something? First of all, let me just say this. There are a lot of things in life that I don't know. That's absolutely true. And I will say this as well, that the more I study the Bible, the more I pray, the more I intently try to get close to God, the more that I realize and I'm keenly aware that I don't know as much about him as I think. Because it's like studying the universe, right? The NASA thinks that they have a, a big grasp on what's happening out there in the galaxy. And the more powerful the Hubble telescope gets, the more powerful their stuff gets. They get out there and find out that what God said is true. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And light still producing galaxy after galaxy after galaxy. God's creative power. And I feel that way when I approach God. I feel like I got a grasp on him and I get a little bit closer and I find out I don't know as much as I think that I do. So that's why I've endeavored to be a student my whole life of God's word. And I think all of us should uh, do the same thing. But I said that to say this. There are a lot of things in life I don't understand. I just don't understand. And all of us have been put in situations, whether that's crisis or whatever, when people are looking to us for answers. Child dies, spouse leaves, job closes, some unfortunate event, and people are looking to us for answers. And here's what I will tell you, that a lot of times in good faith and in good conscience and in good heart, people have communicated things in, in a essence, a sense of trying to give some comfort to somebody, end up saying something really dumb. Amen. I hope you, I hope you understand what I'm saying tonight. A lot of times we can say things that sound spiritual, sound biblical, but they're not in the Bible. 
And so tonight we're going to approach this issue on God working everything together for our good because how many of you know God can get good out of every bad situation? Amen. God can get good out of every bad situation. But however, oftentimes in our goodness and our need to express condolence and comfort to somebody, if we're not careful, we'll end up saying that rather than God can work good out of every situation, we wind up putting our foot in our mouth and saying, well, you know, well, God kind of caused every situation. And it's spiritualized like this. Everything happens for a reason. I'll tell you a story that boggled my mind years ago. This was uh, made the news, made the news online. Several Christian uh, publications published this. There was a young couple out in West Virginia. Young guy was called to be a youth pastor. Married a little girl in this church. It was their wedding day. Both of them, by their family's admission, apparently they were very open about this. They kept themselves pure. In other words, what I mean by that is they did not have sex before marriage. They kept themselves pure. They loved God. They loved the Lord. They got in their car after their wedding, driving off into the sunset, into the mountains to a cabin, got in a terrible car wreck, and they died. These two young people were, you know, in their early 20s, serving Jesus, loving God, all of these things. And it just seemed like if anybody's life ought to be shined upon, favored upon, and blessed, it ought to be them. Because they're living holy, living right, trying to get married, doing all those things. How many of you know, it seems like when you look at the world today and you see sometimes that people who aren't doing right are more blessed than people who are. David talked about that. He said, oh God, why do the wicked seem to prosper? He, he struggled with that. And he said, it was until I stepped my foot in the house of God that I realized the end of the wicked. Things are not always as they seem. But yet, that leaves a question to the grandma, the grandpa, the mom, the dad, the sister, the cousin, the church family. Of what happened? God, why did you do this? And then a lot of times, what do we say? Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Well, tonight, I want to unpack that statement a little bit in the doctrine that a lot of people don't talk about. It's the doctrine of suffering. Suffering, suffering. Everybody say suffering. I want to tell you, there are things that we don't understand, which, by the way, one thing I've learned, and I'm not perfect at it, but one thing that I have learned in times of crisis and times where consolation is needed, sometimes people don't need your theological answer. They just need a hug. They just need somebody to weep with them while they're weeping. They just need somebody to comfort them. Amen? And so that's what is most important in the moment. The, the truth is, sometimes we just don't know. You just don't know why it happened. But there are some things tonight that we can see that I believe from the Scripture will help us tonight to be able to see this. Because on moments like this, these crises will say things like, you know, everything happens for a reason, or God must have needed them, or, you know, God's ways are much higher than ours. And, and those things are true to an extent taken in their context. But tonight, I want to unpack this and help somebody who possibly is struggling or knows somebody who is struggling with crisis, and you're trying to unpack this in life. Tonight, I want to talk about everything happens for a reason. Now, in our background, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Rome, and he is the perfect spokesperson for suffering. 
uh, I've said this before, I'll say it again, Paul's resume is just like out of this world. Uh, if some slick-haired televangelist tells you that your life will be absent of problems, that you'll never go through heartache, he or she is not worthy to be put on the same pedestal as the Apostle Paul. Paul was met with prison. Paul was met with whips and chains. Paul was met with suffering. Paul, it was Paul who, these things were not at the hands of God, by the way. They're at the hands of the enemy, hands of persecutors. Paul said, I've learned to be abased. I've learned to be abound. But in all things, I've learned to be content. Paul understood how to go through some things. And so Paul is preaching here, not from a platform of information. You know, when people give you advice, how many of you know it, diff- it, it makes a difference when they give you advice when they've been there? You know, I'll never forget years ago, somebody trying to give me parenting advice who didn't have kids themselves. Come on, y'all aren't going to say amen to me, but you know what I'm saying. And it's easy to give parenting advice when you don't have kids yourself. Well, if I was their mom and daddy, I'd do this. Or if I was their mom and daddy, I'd do that. And let me tell you something. A lot of people have come back to me. I've had staff members through the years, youth pastors, children's pastors that I've raised up who are now in the ministry, pastoring full time. And they've come back to me and said, you know, uh, now that I'm sitting on the other end of the table, I need to tell you I'm sorry. Because I was in a similar situation and I didn't do it like I thought you should do it. I realized there's more pieces to the puzzle. It's easy to give advice when you haven't been there. But Paul is stepping up to the plate, inspired by the Holy Spirit, an apostolic unction upon him. And he's telling the people that the things that they're going through, that God can and will get glory out of their tribulation and their suffering. Paul's saying this. He says basically there's three things. There's an A part, a B part, and a C part. When you look at this, what does he say? He said, number one, he says, all things are working together for our good. It doesn't mean that everything good happens to us, happens to us, but it does mean that God is able to pick the broken pieces of our lives and make some sense of all of the mess. Aren't you glad about that? Also, he says this. He says, when you're going through circumstance and crisis, and sometimes you're saying, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? He says this, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He says, nor height, nor depth, nor persecution, anything on the earth or under the earth or above the earth cannot separate us from the love of God. And then in the end of Romans 8, Paul says this, if God be for us, then who can be against us? And Paul makes a statement about the temporary trials that we go through that they cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Paul is awesome when he begins to talk to the Romans. And I begin to think about this, about everything happens for a reason. And I want to give you some of those reasons tonight. Now, we were joking about this before service. Back in the 70s, the late 70s, my grandfather... Um, escorted John Wayne in the Rose Bowl Parade in California, Los Angeles, California. John Wayne, how many of you ever watched John Wayne? Right? The Duke. He was a very outspoken man. I want to give you a quote tonight. Not from the Apostle Paul. I want to give you a quote tonight. Not from Peter, the Apostle, nor Mary, the mother of Jesus. I want to give you a quote directly from John Wayne. Are you 
Daddy? So if you get offended, don't get mad at me. The Duke said it. Here's what he said. Life is hard, but life is harder when you're stupid. Come on, let me say it one more time. Now, we get offended at the word stupid, but the Bible uses it. You know, everybody loves the King James till it uses those words we don't want it to use. The Bible says he that stiffens his neck and refuses correction is stupid. The Bible says a lot of things. But John Wayne said that. It was a famous quote. He said, life is hard, but life is harder when you're stupid. Okay, you ready for another one? Here's another, here's another mannerism thing that I say. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right? Play stupid games. You win stupid prizes. There are a lot of different sayings like that that I've developed through the years because here's what it is. It's the law of sowing and reaping. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the wind, the Bible says you will also reap the whirlwind. And we love that verse when it's offering time. We want God to give unto our bosom good measure, pressed down, running together, glory to God. But the law of seed time and harvest is not just a financial principle, it's just a principle. And let me give you something, it works whether you're saved or you're unsaved. The truth is, is that everything happens for a reason, is that reason is you made bad decisions. So tonight, if you're struggling with something, here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes it's ourself. Sometimes it's ourself. And it's hard to admit that sometimes we bring problems upon our own life. Now, God's merciful. Thank God for mercy. And knowledge is half of the battle. But sometimes it's ourself. See, God gets blamed for things sometimes. And sometimes it's really just us. Several years ago, and I'll, I'll say this, and I'll be very sensitive as I say it. Several years ago, I was pastoring the state of Louisiana, and I heard a news report came out of Shreveport. And it was around the holidays, and a young man got blew up with fireworks because he had made a pipe, a sparkler bomb, and you take metal spark. I probably shouldn't even say this, but they take metal sparklers, and they wrap them up in big bundles, and then they put an 18, or not an 18, but they put a five-gallon empty bucket over top of it, and you light it, and then it explodes, okay? And the news report said that this young man, after he had lit this and put it out in the middle of the county road where no traffic is, he went to look over it because he thought it was a dud. And when he did, it blew him up, hit him in his chest. He died immediately at the hospital. And I heard about that, and I got a phone call and realized it was my 18-year-old cousin. Now, he was saved. He loved God. I have no doubt he went to heaven. He wasn't trying to kill himself or anything like that. But the problem is the doctrine of the, God is sovereign. Everybody say God is sovereign. The problem is we misunderstand the doctrine of sovereignty. Sovereignty means the chief of all authority. That a king is a sovereign of a nation. But listen, a king doesn't make every little decision in a nation. 
He gives authority to people in the nation to legislate and to do. What's the same way with God? He sets the things in motion, and then he gives us certain legalities. And you have laws, spiritual laws, and physical laws and things. And the old saying says, what goes up must come down, right? What goes up must come down. What goes in must come out. It's the law of reciprocity. Every effect has an an equal and, and after effect. That's what happens. One of my pastors told me one time, said, saved or unsaved, you stand upon the uh, Eiffel Tower and you jump off. He said, aside from a miracle from God, you are going to go splat. Now, can God save you? Yes. Is he capable of it? Yes. But aside from the divine intervention of God, saved or unsaved, the law of sowing and reaping is in effect, right? Boom. But what happens? Sometimes God and might I say the devil, get blamed for things that are really us. Now, let me tell you, I was at that funeral, and there were probably seven or 800 people packed into an auditorium, a little auditorium. And they were there, and, and this is some years past, and my family's gotten healing from, from some of this, but remember my uncle would have been his grandson that was killed was very mad at God. Why, God, why did you let this happen? Why did God take my son? Why, you know, all of these different things. And I remember the preacher, uh, he, you know, he was talking with my uncle, and he said, I know why God took my mother. She was an old lady. But I can't understand why God took my grandson. And the pastor grabbed his hand, again, trying to console, trying to give some things. And here's what he said. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Many of my family members had bitterness and resentment towards God because they had a skewed view of theology. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture tonight from the wisdom of Solomon that a lot of people, uh, they read Proverbs, but they don't read Ecclesiastes. And people say, well, it may not be a great book to develop doctrine from. I may remind you, the scripture said, all scripture, not just the positive, all scripture. That's the book of Job. That's Ecclesiastes, that's Proverbs, that's Obadiah that nobody reads from. Come on, Ezra, all Scripture is given by, I I bet some of y'all don't even know where Obadiah is in the Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, is, is profitable for rebuke and doctrine and correction and equipping the man of God. That's what the Bible says. Let me give you a Scripture, okay? Because here's what I believe. Once again, you look at the overarching plan of God, look at the Scripture. I believe before we're ever born, God has a plan for our life. He knows what he's called us to do. He knows what he's destined us to do. That's that's called the doctrine of predestination. I know God knows our choices before we even make them. And I don't even attempt tonight to try to be smart enough to tell you I understand how all of that works. If I could understand it, I just don't even need God because I'd be God in my own mind. But I know this is that God knows and he has a plan. He has foreknowledge. But get this, even in the middle of all that, God understands that while he has predestined a plan, he's given us free will. Now, I want you to look at this verse from Ecclesiastes chapter number 7, verse 17, and let's look at the wisdom of Solomon after he messed his life up and he's trying to get back on track. Notice what he said, do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Everybody say foolish. Why should you die before your time? 
Scripture is, is replete with examples of people who died because of their actions. Listen, if I go stand out in the middle of a highway right now and refuse to move and let an 18-wheeler take my life, that's not the will of God. It just happened. It was because of me. It was a decision. Listen, he said, don't be wicked, don't be foolish. Why? Because wickedness and foolishness can cut your life short. Why should you die before your time? Sometimes it's us. Now listen, did God get glory out of it? He did. Let me tell you why. Because all of those teenagers that went to high school and graduated with my, with my, who'd be my second cousin, all those people that went to high school with them, they were touched and they were moved and, and they were, you know, the preacher gave a salvation message and over, I think it was over a hundred people came and gave their life to Christ. Yes, God can get triumph out of tragedy. That's different though than God causing the tragedy. Are y'all still with me tonight? All right. So say it with me. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's just self. Sometimes bad things happen because we overspend or we don't think or we don't work out the decision. If you uh, are spending more than you make and you have acquired credit card debt uh, at 29 and 30 percent interest, you can rebuke the devil all you want to, but it was not the devil, it was your flesh. Okay, sometimes it's us, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is Satan. Number two, sometimes it's Satan. You know, we can't always blame the devil, but sometimes it is the devil. Let me tell you another little story. I heard a story one time about this evangelist that was traveling on the road. This evangelist was, was traveling and speaking at this church, and he had an old beat-up car. And on his old beat-up car, he had some old tires. And one day, he was rebuking the devil. Now, that old devil popped my tire, the dude that had a flat on the way to church. He said, I rebuke the devil. The devil done popped my tires. The preacher, who was a friend of his, said, sir, the devil didn't pop your tires. He said, you're cheap. You don't rotate your tires. Two of them are bald. They're unsafe to drive on. The Bible says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, defying the law of nature. So sometimes we do like to blame the devil. Why? Because it's easier to blame the devil than take personal responsibility. The devil didn't make you eat those ding-dongs. Come on. The devil didn't make you drink all that. The devil didn't do all that. You can say it, but he didn't. All right? But sometimes it is the devil. Because the Bible records in Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 11, that Jesus was in a synagogue and there was a woman that was bound with a spirit of infirmity. She couldn't in no wise loose herself up. This wasn't anything that she had did. Satan had bound her. Demonic power had oppressed her. And this woman was bent over. And so, yes, sometimes things happen for a reason. Sometimes it's the, ourself and sometimes it's Satan. And when it's Satan that's causing the oppression, what you need is to be loosed and freed by the power of God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He said, woman, be loosed from your infirmities. And she was loosed in that moment. And she bowed. She went from being bowed over to standing up straight by the power of God. Sometimes things happen for a reason. I'm going to go fast tonight. Sometimes it's, it's us. 
Sometimes it's the devil, it's Satan. Number three, because there's five of these, let's go tonight. Number three, sometimes it's just other people. Unfortunately, the law says we reap what we sow. I hate to be the one to inform you tonight, sometimes we reap what other people sow. How many of you found yourself in a crisis because of somebody you're connected to? Amen. You find yourself in a crisis because of somebody you're connected to. What do I mean? Sometimes it's the relationship of another person. September 11th was the day that changed the entirety of our nation. The Oklahoma City bombing, which we just celebrated, uh, the anniversary of that uh, a few weeks ago, is another example. There were innocent people on both of those locations on that day. And guess what? Those people went to work. They, they, they weren't doing anything they shouldn't have. Most of them, they were minding their business. They were just trying to make a paycheck. They were just going to work. When all of a sudden, some Talibanian people that, that had an agenda got in airplanes or some crazy man with a truck and some fertilizer set a bomb outside the building. And, and guess what happened? Innocent people that day, right, wreaked havoc that caused havoc to wreak to a bunch of people. Now one person's decision is causing the effect of other people. And I've said this time and time again, but the truth is is that sometimes we're in a crisis, sometimes we're in a fall because of other people. Those of you in this room tonight, you understand. You have married, you have married children who are going through a divorce. They call you. They need some help. All of a sudden, you're pulled into this. Now your life is in disarray. You're trying to play referee. You're trying to help. Or you've got a child who's, who's come down with a diagnosis, and now all of a sudden, it's affecting you. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes it's ourselves. Sometimes we just make stupid decisions. We eat too much. We don't get enough sleep. We, we do things that we shouldn't do. We treat people ways we shouldn't have. Uh, sometimes it's the devil because there is a real devil, and he's loose, and he's seeking whom he may devour. But other times, we're just simply... Simply reaping from the seeds of other people have sown. Somebody says, Pastor, that's not fair. Well, I wish I had it on a big t-shirt tonight to wear for you. But what I found in my short years on this earth is life's not fair. It's not fair. Rains on the just and on the unjust. Sometimes things happen. Good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. And where we get in trouble is not discerning the source of the issue. And sometimes we turn and we get mad at God. And let me tell you, going back to our text, God can work good out of everything. But you need to know tonight that God has good things for us. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variables, neither is there any shadow of turning. If it's good, it's from God. If it's bad, it's from the devil. God's for you. Sometimes it's other people. Here's number four. You ready for this one? Everything happens for a reason, but sometimes it's just because of the fall of man. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. You know, I think we can see this. In the scripture, and I want to give you all the references tonight, but storms. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus give the disciples authority? Yes, he did. 
He said, Behold, I give you power to tread on scorpions and over serpents and over all the works of the enemy. Jesus sent them out, the, the, the first to 12 and then to the 70. He said, uh, he said uh, Go into all the world, told them to preach the gospel. He told them to lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, uh, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, freely receive, freely give. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And then right in the middle of the gospel, we see Jesus writing, and we see even within Jesus' life, some things. Let me give you an example. Mark chapter 5 records Jesus getting ready to cross over the great lake there to the area of the Gadarenes where the man of Gadara was bound with chains and fetters. Living in a graveyard, cutting himself. He's a lunatic, isolated from society. But before that, Satan knew Jesus was coming to set this man free. And so guess what happened? There was a satanic storm that inspired. Now, I'm not an expert, but I just know what the men told me when I was in Israel. They said that it's not uncommon for storms to come over the Sea of Galilee. It's not uncommon because Israel is right off the Mediterranean Ocean. And if you've ever lived in California, if you've visited Florida, if you visit, everybody wants to go to sunny California, but they tell you when you visit there, it may rain once a day, only for like five, ten minutes, a little pop-up thunderstorm, call it good. Because the atmospheres and everything is mingling and meeting, the hot air, the cold air, everything, boom. And so it wasn't uncommon for storms to pop up, but that storm wasn't like every other storm. Jesus recognized that it was a demonic storm. And what did he do? He stuck his finger in it. And he said, peace and be still. And guess what happened? The storm ceased. It stopped. Why? Because it was, a natural, it was not a natural storm. It was a demonic storm. Now, bump back to where Jesus is um, on the other side of the sea. And Peter is in the boat with the disciples. And Jesus, or Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to walk on the water. And what did Jesus say? He said, come. And what does the scripture say right there in black and white and red letter? It says, and the, and the winds and the waves were boisterous. And Peter began to look at the, the wind and the waves. Well, you know what that tells me? It tells me that, that, that Jesus and, and the disciples found themselves in another storm. But there's something different about this storm than the storm of Mark 5. Jesus did not rebuke this storm. He also did not tell Peter to rebuke it. He just said, Peter, when you're going through this storm, keep eyes on me. Why? Because that wasn't a demonic storm. If it was, Jesus would have addressed it and took authority over it. But he did not. I'm so sick and tired of people reading into the Bible what's not there. To fit their nut job theology. It's not in there. It was a natural storm. Why? Because we live in a cursed world. Just because a hurricane happens at New Orleans doesn't mean it's the judgment of God. It might be, it might not be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. Just because an F5 tornado rips through Norman, Oklahoma doesn't mean that is something. We live in a fallen world. Amen. The atmosphere is, is not right. There's coming a day, praise God, where God's going to redeem all this curse mess. 
Yes, we have a measure of authority right now. And we're to believe God for protection of our homes and stand up in faith. I agree with all of that. But let me tell you something, man. Jesus didn't rebuke every storm that rolled over the Sea of Galilee because it is a part of the fallen world. And the truth is, is that sometimes people just get stuff. Man, think about all the people who end up getting some weird disease from just being alive. And years later, you find out because there was lead in the paint in the walls, or there were lead in the paint of the pipes. And and it wasn't because of sin in their life. It, It wasn't because of whatever. We just live in a fallen world. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait until God redeems this fallen world. I hate this world. I love the people of the world. God so loved the world. I love the people, the souls. But the system, I can't wait until Jesus fixes some stuff. Sometimes things happen because of the fall. And here's the the last one. Sometimes things happen because of our faith. Sometimes things happen because of our faith. Look at John 15 verse 18. This isn't comfort But it was truth spoken to the disciples. Notice this, John 15, and I have it on the screen for you. He said, because the world, the world hates you. Know that it hated me before it hated the world. No servant is above his master. Jesus said, if I was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. If I'm bearing my cross, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to pick up your cross. And guess what? Sometimes bad things happen. The reason that they happen is because of our faith. You know, we don't realize how many people every single day, we are so blessed, by the way, in America. We are babied. We have no idea how good we have it. And I joke around about it, and all pastors joke around about people who get upset because the preacher didn't shake their hand or they changed the flower pot or something like that, you know, whatever. But, you know, people are literally losing their lives for the gospel around the world. Getting caught with Bibles, getting their hands cut off. Uh, uh, in, in some Muslim countries, if a man is, is found to be a Christian, the Muslims rape their wives and their children and leave them for dead on the side of the road. We are so blessed in this nation. We have no idea how blessed we are. But some of these people, they experience hardship because of their faith. And thank God tonight for people who are willing to say yes to Jesus. No matter what it takes. It reminds me of Paul. And I'm closing here. One of the coolest things that I saw when we were in Israel was we were at Caesarea Philippi by the sea. Which would have been where Herod would have imprisoned Paul. And Paul would have stood on trial before Herod. It's the the famous place where Herod would have been eaten by worms if you know your Bible. It was a very interesting, interesting thing because there's a statement made in the gospel said, you know, if you would have just given a soft answer, I would have let you go. But Paul didn't give a soft answer. He stood up for Jesus. He stood up for the faith. And because of that, Paul found himself in chains. And I want you to know something. Sometimes bad things happen, yes, because of ourselves. Thank God for mercy. The thing is, is that I found out a lot of times about God, even when, when we do stuff to ourselves, that doesn't mean we have to God will still give us mercy. I know people who've been healed of lung issues, smoke their whole life. You say, well, they deserve it. They smoke. Yeah, but you ate hamburgers your whole life too. Come on, somebody. 
But when you come to the point where you know to know, God can give you mercy. Yes, the devil's real. He causes affliction. Yes, sometimes people do stupid things. Drunk drivers cross over the road all the time and kill innocent people. Sometimes when you look at it, it's just because we live in a crazy world and other times we get messed up because we just take a step of our faith. I'm closing with this. This is my third closing. Every sermon has three doors. I'm officially going to give you this sign of closing by closing my Bible. I recently heard testimony of a major ministry. I won't say who it is or who they are. Major mega ministry who last year, um, they got up before all of their people. This man traveled the world, conferences, books, you name it. And he got up and he said, you know what? He said, he, he spoke out against something. He said, this isn't right. He said, I lost $40,000 a month in monthly support. Mega ministry, colleges and everything. He got up and he said, this isn't right. What happened is not right. And he called out something in the, in the church. He said, this is not right. And he, you know what? He said, my friends turned their back. He was in the right, by the way. He said, my friends turned their back on me. My supporters begin to drop off all these things. He said, but you know what? Two years later, God has restored. God has built back. God has caused uh, more favor to come into our hands. But what am I trying to say? Sometimes we suffer because of our faith. He was willing to stand up for what was right, and it cost him. The thing is, though, is that God will never ask you to stand up for something. God will never ask, require something of you, but he will not repay great dividends. It may not be in dollars and cents, but the Lord will repay us, even if it's in glory. Amen? So, let's settle the question. Everything does happen for a reason. It's just not always some big mysterious reason. It's not always God's fault when bad things happen. Sometimes things just happen. Amen? Sometimes things just happen. You know, if we settle that in our heart, not to get mad at God when we don't understand some things. Do you know, God, this is a tough pill to swallow. Here's door number four. Please stand. Uh, Closing number four. This is a tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow. But do you know that God really doesn't owe you an answer? Serious. We have scriptural answer for that. I mean, you know, Job belly ached and complained a lot. You know, and it says in all this, Job didn't sin against God with his lips or charge God wrongly, but God pulled a chair beside Job and said, Job, where were you at when I hung the stars? And where were you when I set the boundaries of the rivers and the oceans? Where were you? And God, God just didn't tell him much of nothing. Think about it. And so we have to learn to trust God even when we don't understand. We don't understand. One of the hardest things for any of us, door number five, it's okay, you can laugh. Hardest things to understand is that there are things that we may not understand. And that's okay. Because guess what? God is God. We are not. What he's revealed to us, the Bible says in Deuteronomy The secret things belong to the Lord. Those things which he revealed belongs to us and to our children. Confused about something? Pray about it. 
God may give you the answer. He may tell you why they died. He may tell you what, but he may not. And that's okay because we trust God, right? We don't blame God. We trust God. He's a good God.